Well, I was thinking about Christmas coming up this week and blessings, and I was grateful for our text today. And I was thinking about um, how often maybe you've had Christmas parties or, you know, at least maybe in a pre-pandemic world, you'd get together with, with people you didn't know, and you'd get together and you'd be like, asking all sorts of questions that revolved around, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? You know, you're, you're trying to get, I, I don't know you, I'd like to know you, who are you? And it's not easy to answer that question. You always kind of struggle around, well, who am I? And for anyone who's ever had to like write a bio about themselves, uh, you know, in a few sentences, who are you? And we struggle like, should I just mention kids or grandkids or should I mention like where I went to school or like how do I encapsulate who am I? And it's not easy. And some of us struggle with how to define who we are in positive terms. We, we have a lot of self-criticism where, we, where our self-story is, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody, it doesn't matter, you know, I'm not that important. And I'm wondering what Mary thought of her story. And we're gonna read about a little bit about her story today. But I imagine it wasn't easy to describe who she was to, to anybody. And where we see her in this text that we're gonna read from today, She's heard from an angel, hey, hey, you're going to carry this child, and uh, it's going to be wonderful. And she said, okay, but what on earth do I do with this message? Because I got a message, but nobody else got that message. And, and how do I tell my parents? How do I tell my fiance? How do I tell my neighbors, my, my friends, my, uh, people who don't like me too much? Like, what are people going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? What looks are they going to give me? I imagine it was a stressful, anxious, nervous time for Mary. And it is no wonder that she decides, I'm going to leave. And she actually leaves town. Because I'm I'm sure she struggled with, who am I? What is my story? Will people believe my story? And so she leaves trying to find a safe place. And I wonder how many of us have had that kind of situation where, like, what do people think about me? Maybe you you left a job or got fired or uh, you tried to get into a school and the school rejected you. Uh, You were in a relationship and someone left you. You know, like, where you're in this situation where you're like, who am I now? What do people think about me? Maybe I don't want to show up at the Christmas party. With all the eyes, all the questions, I'll just stay away. And that's the kind of framework in which Mary enters our story today. And so she goes to a safe place, somewhere that she thinks that someone might understand her. Maybe someone will get her story where she'll be safe. And she goes to her cousin's house. I'm going to read to you from Luke 1, 39 to 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. I, I think 
we're just prone to like skip past things in scripture. If you heard a story before, you're like, yeah, that's how it goes. But there's no telling how Elizabeth's going to respond. Right? Mary thinks this might be a safe place. I'm going to get out of town. I'm going to go see Elizabeth. But you're, you're still afraid. What will she say to me? And she shows up, and Elizabeth is able to say some things, to see some things in Mary that maybe Mary can't say. Maybe she can't see in herself yet. And so Elizabeth sees Mary coming, and I love this, this imagery. I mean, we have these, these two pregnant women celebrating something in this story, revealing something in the story, prophesying about how God is working in the world. Mary shows up, and Luke writes that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry. I like that, you know, some people say, like, say it with your chest. Say it with confidence. Say it out loud. She's filled with the Spirit and with a loud voice says, you are blessed. Your child's blessed. I don't know how many people in Mary's life would have said that to her. How many people see her situation and think, oh no, poor Mary. She had her whole life planned out for her. Look where her path's going. What, what's she going to do? What's her fiance going to do? Oh, poor Mary. Elizabeth sees Mary and she says with her full voice, you are blessed. Your child is blessed. What a beautiful pronouncement. What a beautiful gift. What a beautiful celebration. And maybe Mary didn't believe it yet. Maybe she still had doubts and she couldn't have thought that for herself or say it. Maybe she did believe and maybe she had an inkling about it, but she thought, surely nobody else will believe me. Nobody else will feel this way. Maybe she felt this way and she thought she was blessed, but she didn't have the courage. I can't say that out loud. But something in Elizabeth saying that out loud to her allows Mary to open up. And if you've ever felt like you were alone, like no one was in your corner, no one was on your side, it is so powerful to have somebody speak up, use their voice, use their spirit to say, I see in you God's blessing, God's favor. You are not cursed, you are blessed. And something in that allows Mary to open up. And Mary, maybe the, the doubts, the fears, the anxiety start to just be stripped off. And so Mary just bursts into song. And I know some people who aren't fans of musicals, nobody bursts out into songs. Why are these people all singing? And here's Mary just bursting out into song. I, I was thinking about um, when does this happen in life, and I was reflecting on uh, my dad at the end of his workday, he would often say, Deo, Deo, daylight come and me one go home. It's just the end of the day. You're excited. You get into the mood, you got your melody, and, and your, your life's kind of singing out what you're excited about, what you're hoping for. And maybe for some of us, we've got those, those great hymns, those great worship songs of God's faithfulness that we can't help but sing out in your, in your darkest days, in your brightest days, where you're, you just can't help it. The words to that song just come to your lips. And so Mary is, is in a ball of emotions, shows up, is affirmed, is blessed, and she can't help but sing it out. And so she sings. She sings, my soul magnifies the Lord. 
know, a lot of times we hide from God, a lot of times we run from God, maybe we doubt God, we're, we're, we get all sorts of things. That day, I can't help it, I gotta just sing about God. While I feel at my biggest, I can't help but celebrate God who is the biggest. My soul magnifies the Lord. Why does it magnify the Lord? In her song, she says, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This is a huge shift for her. You go from her not having any speech to hearing Elizabeth pronounce blessing, her believing it for herself, and not just believing it for herself, but she says, all generations will call me blessed. That's a change. Not only do I feel blessed, the world will see it. My neighbors will see it. My family's going to see it. My friends are going to see it. All generations. Parents will tell their kids. Who'll tell their kids. People will know my situation is not the story somebody else writes, but the story God writes. Call me blessed. Call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. You know, she's talking a lot about generations to generations. You might wonder why, but again, she's pregnant. <laughs> she's thinking about what's, who's coming next. How do I hand my faith down? Who's this child going to end up being? What's my, how do I be a mother? Am I ready for this? She says... God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. We pass on to the kids, to our grandkids, we pass on to the next generation what that God is mighty, that God lifts up those who are, are sunken down low. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. I think this is a fun little, little note. Why, why is she talking about God, you know, God scattering the proud in the thoughts of their hearts? There were people in Mary's life that had to have felt like they knew her story. I know what she's been up to. I know that she's less than. I know that she's messed up her life. I know that I'm better than Mary. That's the temptation when we see people struggle is you start feeling a little proud about yourself. Well, aren't the decisions I made so wonderful? Don't I have it all figured out? And Mary thanks God because he has shown his strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. Whatever they were thinking, the stories they were sharing in their hearts, maybe they didn't even say it out loud. God has thoroughly messed that up. Mixed it up, confused it. That story's gone. Because God's story was the one that wins out. She goes on, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. You know, sometimes people talk about, like, let's just keep church about church, don't talk about politics, and just noting, here's Mary. God's the one who throws down the powerful from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. What is it for a, a woman who doesn't have the safety net of being in marriage, who's fled to a cousin's house, who's trying to figure out what do I do with this pregnancy, to say, God is lifting up the lowly, and everybody with power is being leveled back down. We're all getting flattened into a new reality. 
For God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This line is where I get to like, man, it's, you know, I feel like I, I have a hard time getting to this line. Like this, is, this line's in our scripture for us. What do I do with this? He's filled the hungry and then he sent the rich away empty. That, that's very tough to hear. What I'll just sit with on this is in this new reality, this new kingdom, this new era that God's inaugurating, you get to choose whether you want to participate in it. And so those with, with nothing receive something. Those with a lot get the opportunity to share in it, to show up, to invite others into that reality. Or when you try to hold on to it, it gets ripped away. So there's an invitation to be a part of this new community, to, to self-share into the part of what God's doing in this world. And so Mary, who feels like she has absolutely nothing, trusts that God will feed her, God will lift her up, God will lift up her reputation, that those who think poorly of her, those thoughts are going to get scattered. Why? God hasn't just helped Mary. She says he has helped his servant Israel and remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Again, this isn't just about Mary's story. This is about all of our stories. That God makes promises and God keeps promises. That God doesn't just forget when this person uh, passes on, that God just forgets their kids, their grandkids, forgets this promise. God continues what God is doing through the next generation. And Mary remained there in that celebration for several months. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful change for Mary from kind of silence to not knowing what to say to just bursting out with everything that's held down inside of her. And I think about what is it for us to participate in a Christmas season around blessing, about how do we be a part of this story? How do we celebrate others? How do we notice our own blessings? And so on this time of year, we all have a temptation to have a never-ending wish list or maybe to get enveloped into a never-ending wish list for somebody else, but like that there's not enough that, that I'm lacking something, that I'm not whole unless I get this purchase. And so there's this temptation to not feel gratitude, not to feel that you've been blessed, not to identify with Mary of like, hey, call me blessed right now. And so like, what is it to say right now? Not Christmas morning, ah, now I'm blessed, but going up to Christmas still pregnant with the possibility of Christmas. Call me blessed right now. And I was thinking about, there's this old spiritual song about God's faithfulness and blessings. And I thought I'd read it for you. Um, It's one of these songs that has been shaped over the years. It's gotten a bunch of different versions. Uh, But I'll read some excerpts from God Put a Rainbow in the Clouds. The rainbow is meant to be this image of that when things are darkest, when they look the most grim, when life's looks the hardest, that there's still promise, that there's still hope, that there's still possibility. And so the song went, when God shut Noah in that grand old ark, he put a rainbow in the cloud. When thunders rolled in the sky and it was dark, God put a rainbow in the cloud. When it looked like the sun wouldn't shine anymore, God put a rainbow in the cloud. Away down yonder in Egypt's sand, God put a rainbow in the cloud. 
Just to lead his children to the promised land, God put a rainbow in the cloud. When they put old Daniel in the lion's den, God put a rainbow in the cloud. Just to prove his promise to the sons of men, God put a rainbow in the cloud. Oh, Jordan deep, Jordan wide, God put a rainbow in the cloud. To lead his people to the other side, God put a rainbow in the cloud. What is it to walk in life and on the darkest day, when the neighborhood seems to be talking about you, when the gossip seems to be about you, when things look the most bleak, to say, I see God's blessing, I see God's sign, I trust in God's story. And what is it to then take that story that Mary said of, hey, just call me blessed, even when it looks like it's the darkest day, call me blessed. One thing I want to invite you to, whether it's today or sometime before now on Christmas, is to just sit down with some paper, maybe you're on a computer or phone, whatever writing down something looks like for you, write down the blessings in your life. Before you get to whether you get to open something up, just write what, what blessings you have. And start big and then get particular. You know, we, what is it to just be blessed to have life? To be in the midst of, you know, we've got stars of, of just like never-ending explosions and heat, and, and yet here we have a nice oasis of life where it just feels comfortable, even when it's icy outside. We have life, we have breath. What is it to thank God for, for the friends or the family in our lives? What is it to thank God for whatever your favorite food is? You got a favorite meal, enjoy it. You, got, you love waking up and having coffee or you got your favorite drink. God, thank you that this drink exists. What a blessing. You've got a favorite TV show, favorite book, favorite movie. God, thank you for that blessing. Just walk through everything in your life that makes it just a little brighter. God, call, call me blessed. And what a beautiful just way to begin this Christmas week if you just work through all the blessings in your life. But it's not just about your blessings. What is it to see someone else and call out the blessings in their life? Say, hey, I don't know if you see this, but you are a gift. You are a blessing. You uh, help me see God at work in my life. You help me see joy. You help me see love. I just want you to know you are a blessing. Because I don't think that we can overestimate how important Elizabeth was to Mary's story of what is it to find someone, somebody who's willing to share it and say it out loud. Elizabeth could have just been there quietly. You know, Zachariah has plenty of reason why he's sitting there quietly in the story. Uh, he's not able to talk till his son's born. That's a different story. But Elizabeth could have done the same. She could have sat there and listened, said, okay, yeah, stay. But what a gift to someone to say, hey, you are blessed, your child is blessed. And we have that gift that we can offer people. Not just what you buy somebody, but your words can be a gift this season. And not only can your words be a blessing, you can be a blessing. And I want to read to you a quote. Maya Angelou, who's an uh, American poet and civil rights worker, um, she, she had a quote, she gave an interview and she read that um, that rainbow song. She talked about the song and how it was meaningful to her. And then she said this, the thing to do, it seems to me, is to prepare yourself so you can be a rainbow in somebody else's cloud. Somebody who may not look like you, 
may not call God the same name you called God, if they call God at all. I may not dance your dances or speak your language, but be a blessing to somebody. And so this Christmas season, we have the opportunity to be the rainbow on somebody else's cloud. That sign that God's promises are true, are real, that the darkness won't overcome them, that there's life, there's possibility, that Christmas is not just a story in the past, but continues to be a story lived out in our churches, in our lives, in our families. And so what is it to not only say, call me blessed, but to say to the other person, God has blessings for you, and to be a part of that blessing for the person in your life that's next to you. And so that's our invitation today as you make your way to Christmas to reflect on blessings, to share them, to say them out loud, and to live out blessings for others around us. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I ask that you would just give us eyes to see, to have a vision for uh, the blessings that you've bestowed on us, that you've just overflowed into our lives. Lord, I ask that you would give us ears to hear your voice, to hear the voices around us, that we might have ears to hear your voice in the world, not, not the, the self-doubt, not the criticism, not the, not the pain, but to hear words of life and possibility from you. Lord, I ask that there would be people in this room who feel uh, without hope, who feel with despair over something in their life, that you might give them an Elizabeth, that you might create a space where they feel welcomed, where they feel like they can share, can be themselves. And Lord, please make each of us like Elizabeth. Let us be the person who celebrates what you are doing in others' lives, who sees that, who names it, and is a safe refuge where your love and your life gets to rule, gets to live out in this world. Lord, I ask that you would just continue uh, to turn our hearts to you, that we might not feel a void inside, but we would feel your love. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.